0: So today, we're gonna be focusing on compassion and kindness. And I wanted to start kind of in an interesting way this morning, I wanted to share a video. And it's a commercial from um, Thailand, out of all places. Okay? Because it has to do with compassion and kindness. So I want you to take a look at the screen. That's not the background music, so if you could turn that off. (laughs) Look. We can all recognize kindness and compassion when we see it, can't we, right? We see it in action. And it's a good thing. And it's not even a Christian thing. The non-Christians teach this to their kids. Like, you should be kind, you should be compassionate, okay? So why should we, as Christians, resolve to be compassionate and kind? Just because it's good? Just because people will like us? Just because it's morally apt? Well, this morning, what I want to do is in our brief time together, I want to talk about why we ought to be compassionate and kind. Because I think that's very important. Why? Because Paul's going to get into it. And then also, secondly, I want to talk about what it actually is, biblically, to dig into it so you fully grasp what it means to be compassionate and kind in your life. Sound good? Okay, so uh, I don't know if you've ever heard me preach, but uh, sounds, sounds good. Are we going there? Yeah? Are we good? All right. Good. All right. So let's jump in. The why. Well, Paul in Colossians 3, he sets a foundation of why we ought to do anything, why we ought to put off sins, and why we ought to put on good things like compassion and kindness. And that reason is this. It's because of our Identity in Christ. Let's take a look here. It says this, if you have been raised with Christ, if that's your identity, see the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. In verse 12, it says, put on then as who? As God's chosen Ones, holy and beloved. So I have a little slide just so you understand, you can kind of conceptually grasp. This is our identity. What Paul is saying is this is the foundation. This is the why. Because of who we are, there is a fitting action that is really right for those that are raised in Christ, hidden in Christ, God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And isn't it true that based on your identity, there is a fitting action, right? For example, if you're a doctor, there is a fitting action you're able to diagnose disease. You're able to help those that are sick. If you're a baby, I know we have a lot of newborn moms and dads, the identity of the baby, there is a fitting action, which is what do they do all day? They poo, eat, pee, sleep, and cry. You as a newborn parent can't get frustrated when the baby is crying, right? Because that's what they do. You can't be like, oh, you cried yesterday. Why are you crying today? No, because the identity, there is a fitting action. What Paul is trying to tell you as the church, as those that are raised in Christ, those that have new life, that are hidden in Christ, those that are beloved by God, you are holy, not because you have no sin, but because God has cleansed you through his son, Jesus Christ. Because this is who you are, the fitting action is what? You put on compassion, and kindness. This is important because we're not saying be compassionate and kind because then, you know, you're just a happy person. Life just works out. People at work will like you. Maybe those are resulting of those things. But the main reason, the foundation, why we do anything, why we pursue anything morally good is because God has saved us because of our identity in Christ. It only makes sense that we walk in these things. Amen? so that's the reason why so what i want to do is i want to look at these two things so that we start putting them on we start incorporating them into our lives so what is compassion well it directly translates to bowels of mercy because in biblical times that's where the seat of emotion is right but really the ESV tries to throw in hearts in there to give us an English equivalent, which means what? Really, the best thing is like compassionate hearts. That's what it means. But the fuller biblical meaning, if you study it deeply, it really means to suffer with another person that is suffering, right? You're living out Romans 12:15, where it tells us to weep with those who weep. You are literally not just feeling sorry for someone that's going through something tough, but you are walking in their pain. You're able to sympathize and understand and walk in a way where you can fully feel what they are feeling. You know, it's interesting. Researchers have done a lot of things to kind of say that, categorize our generation as those that are being desensitized because we are bombarded by just kind of things And they bring up one specific thing about Facebook. And isn't it interesting, even your Facebook, right? People post stuff all the time. So they'll post stuff about, like, the food they ate, where they went with their kids, and then you'll see this random political thing where someone's angry about some, you know, political thing. And then there'll just kind of be these random causes. Oh, there's a hurricane. There's something in Mexico, an earthquake. But the thing is, is because you're so bombarded by stuff, what do you do? You just scroll down. And it doesn't even move you at all that's happened to me has that happened to you even as a pastor i'm realizing that this is happening let me give you just a quick example Uh, you know home on the green pastures is a ministry that we support we've been partnering vicky is the director vicky you mind raising your hand real quick okay sorry i know you don't like that but She's a director, and, you know, you've heard me announce from this pulpit to pray for them. Uh, you know, they work with domestic violence survivors and victims and their families. So it's a very hardcore thing. But the funny thing is, is for the longest time, I was announcing it. I know what they do, and, but yet I was not actually moved to suffer with the people that were going through those difficult things. Until she invited me to actually a fall banquet. And so I came, and just to be honest, that day I was super tired. I don't know if you guys could tell that we're there. I had preached that morning. I had another meeting in the afternoon. I went home. Kids were sleeping. I almost fell asleep. But you know how you don't have enough time for the nap? So it's not even like a good, you're just like, okay, I got to go. And then we got ready. I got there. I was really tired to the point where, uh, you know, I had said this to Verona, my wife, as we were driving in. I was like, man, I hope this doesn't go long. Is that too much honesty? But that's where I was. I walked in, really not expecting anything. But that banquet is to kind of give you an update about their ministry, some of the wins, and, and to ask for prayer. So their keynote speaker got up. And even to this point, I'm pretty tired. And he's a DA uh, in the Riverside area, and he works with violent crimes. And he was telling stories. They're anonymous, but true stories of victims, of domestic violence and the stuff that they have to go through. And as I was listening to him, my heart began to be moved, where I started thinking to myself, like, what if that happened to one of my daughters? How would I feel? Would I just be okay? And I started to kind of walk in it. After he finished speaking, there was another person who came up to speak. And she was one of the volunteers or staff members of HOGP, or Home on the Green Pastures. And she began, for the first time, to share why she had gotten involved. She had finally gotten the courage to share why she had gotten involved, because she herself had experienced domestic violence. And she survived it. This is not Vicky, by the way, so don't judge Eugene, okay? This is another person. And so... She came up, and she was... and. I, I, I started to feel what, what she was going through. I started to, there wasn't a dry eye in that room. I started to weep because I started to feel what she was feeling. I'm going to tell you right now, when it talks about compassion, this is what it's talking about. That we are walking because there are people around us who are struggling and in pain. And God is calling us to weep with them. If you look at Jesus' ministry, that's what he was about. That word compassion shows up over and over again through the gospels. Okay? I'm gonna give you a few. We don't have a a lot of time but i just wanted to give you a few he's teaching on the good samaritan in luke 10 you can show up the slide there scott and as he's teaching he talks about how the good samaritan felt what compassion for the wounded traveler then he's teaching on the prodigal son and he talks about the father who's supposed to represent him who sees his wayward son coming home and he runs embraces kisses. Why? Because he felt compassion. Goes on in Luke 7 to talk about how Jesus felt compassion for the widow of Nayan who had lost her only son. Many times Jesus would look at the multitudes and he would what? Feel compassion for them because he would see that they were lost like sheep without a shepherd. I want to just share one in more fuller detail. Let's go to Mark 6, verses 34 to 37. It says this. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And Jesus had, what? Compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he begins to teach them many things. I want you to pay attention to the disciples. It says this. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? There's something very profound. I don't know if you caught it in this passage that speaks into compassion. I believe that we We'll struggle with compassion when our focus is upon only our own suffering. Because we all have stuff we can worry about. We all have stuff that we can suffer through. See, the disciples here, they couldn't see the needs of the people because what were they concerned about? Well, I'm tired. I'm hungry. Do you want me to spend my money to take care of them? I don't have time for that. I need to just worry about my stuff. But Jesus is not concerned about his hunger or his tiredness. He's able to see beyond that and now he has eyes for other people's suffering. Does that make sense? We will struggle with compassion if your only concern is my suffering, my trial, my trouble. That's what I need to concern myself with. I want to challenge you because right now, I'm telling you right now in your spheres of influence, there are people around you right in front of your face who need your prayers, who need your care, who need your compassion. And maybe we're just being blinded because all we can think about is what I need to take care of in my own personal life. Because of our new identity in Christ, we need to emulate what Jesus does, to be able to see beyond his own needs, to look at the people right in front of him. The second thing, kindness. It's a word that we hear a lot. I want you to share with the person next to you, because I want to challenge you with something. What is the definition of kindness? Because we all kind of seen it, and you kind of know what it is. I want you to share with the person next to you. What is kindness? Go ahead. All right, uh, anyone like to volunteer and answer? Okay, Christian, what do you think? What is kindness? Okay, the outward expression of caring for someone. That's a good one. Kel, what do you think? Going out of your way for someone. Okay, good. Maybe one more. Andy, what do you think? What's kindness? Being nice. Okay, these are all, they sound good, right? But it's kind of weird right you know what it is but if i tell you to define it it's really tough isn't it the best one i heard is from pastor uh, matt chandler and he says biblically you know what kindness is and you guys are all touching upon it it's gracious aid it's not just being nice it's action-oriented you are helping You are graciously helping someone that is in need. It's almost the overflow of a compassionate heart, where you go and you show kindness. You can't just feel kindness, you show kindness. It's action-oriented, right? And the funny thing about this is that C.S. Lewis talks about how many Christians think that they're kind. If I were to take a poll in here and I said, who is kind or who is not kind, most of you will answer, I think I'm kind. Is that true? But C.S. Lewis, he argues that, hey, don't think you're so quick to be kind because maybe you don't fully understand the biblical understanding of what it means to show gracious aid. This is from his book, and I kind of want to quote him, and he says this. The real trouble is that kindness is a quality fatally easy to attribute to ourselves on quite inadequate grounds. Everyone feels benevolent if nothing happens to be annoying him at the moment, meaning, oh, yeah, my day's good. So I'm just going to be kind of nice to people around me, right? Thus a man easily comes to console himself for all his other vices by a conviction that his heart's in the right place and he wouldn't hurt a fly, though in fact he has never made the slightest, and this is the key word, he has never made the slightest sacrifice for a fellow creature. We think we are kind when we are only happy. It is not so easy on the same grounds to imagine oneself temperate, chaste, or humble. To show gracious aid, kindness requires sacrifice. You know, in Titus 3:4 it talks about the kindness of Jesus Christ. And you know how it's revealed to us? in the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's go there. Titus 3, 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The model of kindness is shown in the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, who was sent so He would die on our behalf, so that we might have renewed life and have the identity of that Paul talks about in the beginning of this passage. Kindness is not you just feeling nice or you having a good day so you're in a good mood. It's sacrificing to show gracious aid to someone who needs it. And sometimes that requires little sacrifice. Maybe you're at work, you notice someone is having a difficult day, you buy a cup of coffee, you give it to them. That doesn't require that much sacrifice, but it's still being kind. But sometimes kindness requires a lot of sacrifice, where you might have to walk with someone for a year straight because they're going through a divorce. They're having a really hard time. They have no one else to talk to. Your kindness shows itself in that gracious aid where you're saying, I'm busy, but hey, I love you. Let's meet up. That's kindness. C.S. Lewis is saying, don't just think you're kind because you feel good. Are you really, truly showing the gracious aid to people around us that are in need? The great thing and kind of the result of kindness that the Bible talks about is that kindness draws people to God. Did you know that? You know, Romans 2, 4 talks about how God's kindness leads us to repentance. It draws us nearer to him. And so when we show kindness to people, a great biblical kingdom result of that is that you start drawing people to God because he looks more attractive through us, right? In Matthew 5, verse 14, and Pastor Paul had kind of talked about, he says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others. Why? The result, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we are kind, when we shine the light of Christ, people are drawn to God. We identify as those that are followers of God, that are chosen, that are beloved by him. We need to put on compassion and kindness in our life because it is the fitting action. It glorifies God, and it draws people to him. You know, when I, I never grew up in the church. I might have shared this story before. In seventh grade, we moved to Cerritos and um, wasn't a believer. And uh, people always ask us, like, well, how do you know Pastor Steve? Well, he was the reason why I came to God because I remember he was like, hey, let's have breakfast one day. I was like, all right. Yeah, I wasn't a believer, nothing. And I remember 6 o'clock in the morning, he came to my school, brought me breakfast. No, it was McDonald's. I was like, McDonald's, man. I can't get a little upgrade here. No, but he came out of his way. He didn't even really know me at that time. He said, hey, I want to spend time and I want to read the Bible with you. No one ever did that in my life. And let me tell you something, you don't forget kindness, you don't. When someone was kind to me, I never forget. I remember when my brother was in prison and we had to go visit him. It would take hours to drive. He was in Central California, Northern California, Santa Barbara. He was in the Sea of the Salton Sea area. And so I would visit him. It would take four, five, six, seven hours to go visit. I had during that time, dear brothers and sisters who would call me and say, I want to go visit your brother with you. They're not family members. They say, I want to lighten your load. I want to go with you so you don't fall asleep. And I, I want to, write. They didn't have to do that. But they knew I was in need, and they graciously showed kindness. I will never forget. It seems like just one Saturday, I will never forget the kind act. See, people around us, I'm telling you right now, guys, there are people around us who are in need. And the church who identifies with the living God of the universe, who models and defines love, how are we showing that to a world that is in desperate need all around us? It shows itself in compassion and in kindness. That's where This passage is so important for us that we would consider how we are to put this on because it is the fitting action for our identity in Christ which cost him so dearly but he was willing to sacrifice on our behalf. Would we be willing to sacrifice and show the gracious compassion and kindness to those that are around us? Amen? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your kindness to us that draws us near to you. We thank you for your compassion that you cared for people that were not worthy of your care or concern. And we are all those people that are saved by you, that have been risen, Lord God, in you, that are hidden in you, that are beloved and holy because of you. And now you're calling us to go and share some of that through the vehicle of compassion and kindness. But sometimes it's not natural for us, Jesus, so we thank you for the Holy Spirit. and Would you do a work in us to build this in us, that we would put this on each and every day that we will wake. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.